Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you? Doing good, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I, uh, I'm excited about today's podcast because a lot of there's been a lot of talk lately about taxes. And the reason mm-hmm. being is that all the stimulus packages, all the different things that have happened within the last six months, and you know, with interest rates being very, very low and, and all that, we know that at some point taxes are going to change. So that's been a big topic. Mm-hmm. But today, I know we're talking about inflation, which I don't know if a lot of people really understand how inflation works and how it will reflect on their lifestyle, their savings, their retirement plans. It's a, it's a big deal. And I know that that's what yeah. we're covering today. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if anyone knows how inflation works. Even the uh, you know, people in the Federal Reserve and the government that are supposed to know. I don't think anyone really, really knows how inflation Seriously, works. Seriously, right? You can come well, up I hope with a you lot know of, something. We'll, we'll give it a shot. You can All come right. up with a lot of reasons afterwards. Oh, this is why it happened. Mm. But uh, it's it's tough to say. Well, this is what's going to happen, and mm-hmm. here's why it's going to happen that way. But yeah, inflation is a big concern for a lot of people, especially in retirement, because they're concerned that whatever I buy today. You buy milk, bread, and gas today, it's going to cost you more in the future. That's kind of a given. Everyone kind of feels like that's exactly it. What do I say? Death and taxes mm-hmm. are unavoidable. I feel like inflation might be a part of that equation too. Yeah. Uh, at least a lot of people feel that way. So now we're getting worried. A lot of people are asking us questions. They're saying, inflation's going to happen. You could argue whether it's going to happen or not, but a lot of people are feeling that way, that inflation's going to happen, so they have to be prepared for it. And what do they what do? they do? How do you hedge is a big word about it. Uh, how do you prepare for uh, inflation? Yeah, and, and I, I remember years ago, I remember there was, there was only a couple things I remember about it. There was a piece of paper that I received, and it was had a little Statue of Liberty in the upper right-hand corner, and I think we got it from, like, the fair, right? Like, the state fair we went to, and it mm-hmm. was a couple bucks or whatever, but it was my yeah. birth year with a list of all the prices. You could get a new car for $2,300 or Mm -hmm. those types of things. And and it was interesting to look back on a loaf of bread, a gallon of gas, which a gallon of gas in the 70s, and that's all I'll say about when I was born in the 70s, -hmm. a gallon of gas was very similar to a gallon of gas lately, you know, how cheap it has been. So it's kind of crazy to see all that, but it's fun to look back and see those things. Yeah, it's just kind of expected. I'd say at least for... 100 years or so, it's been that case where things cost more over time, right? My in-laws like to talk about the penny candy that they mm-hmm. used to buy when they were kids, and now we're excited when you can get a get a candy bar for a dollar. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> right? no penny candy anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've right? got it's a special. It's on sale to get it for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's a big deal for retirement because you are looking at the next 25, 30 years of your life, and you're thinking about what things cost 25 or 30 years ago. And you're thinking that's that's no fun because my pension probably doesn't go up with inflation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be working anymore. How do I keep up with inflation? And uh, one thing that's a big kind of multiplier about it, people don't necessarily express it, but we know it's a big deal, is the longer you live, the more years inflation can go uh, against you, right? If you only live yeah. for five or 10 years and prices go up by a few points every year, maybe you don't notice it as much. And all of a sudden, 20, 30, 35, 40 years go by, and you think things are double, things are triple, things are costing more later on in life than they were the the day you started your retirement. So mm-hmm. it's a big deal. I, I think it's not a bad way to go is to uh, prepare for 
inflation. Just our concern a lot of times when people are looking at inflation, it's not necessarily the case that they have, have the math or that they've done the math. And they're maybe going down some different tracks that uh, don't necessarily actually accomplish what they're looking for. Hmm. Like what? Well, uh, this actually started with a great article, a guy named Derek Horsmeyer. I think we'll put his uh, website in the notes. He's a professor at George Mason University. I had a good conversation with him, too, uh, about this. And he's just an interesting person, went through and did the math, right? I love it when people do the math. Yeah. You don't listen to kind of what people are saying. You actually do the math on it. And a lot of people say that inflation is going to happen, so you got to prepare for it. And a lot of times, precious metals, especially gold and silver, are being kicked around and saying, well, you got to buy some gold, got to buy some silver to help out in case inflation happens. Other times, folks that are kind of down that way where they feel that gold and silver might help out, a lot of times they say, well, oil, oil is going to help out. If you own oil, that'll go up with inflation. That might help out. Kind of owning, owning tangible things, right? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can feel that gold and silver. We'll talk about whether you can actually feel the oil or not. But, uh, you know, things that exist are theoretically going to go up with inflation. A lot of people in the finance world say, well, you know, what goes up with inflation is real estate, right? If you own an apartment building, you can charge more when inflation kicks in. Mm -hmm. Or stocks usually go up over time, and inflation usually goes up over time. So maybe stocks are actually a good way to hedge against inflation. And this guy, Derek, uh, the professor, Mr. Horsmeyer here, he, uh, he did the math and finds out that there's really not a big correlation. There's not a big connection between the prices of these different areas and inflation. The Hmm. ones that showed up were gold and oil being the top connection to inflation. And there's a, we're going to bring out a finance term. Uh, It's called the correlation coefficient. Kind of a crazy big word. Yeah. Uh, Get your SAT word out of the way. Uh, (laughs) But basically if it's 1.0, that means it's perfectly correlated. Uh, 1.0 means kind of if something goes up, the other one goes up. That's perfectly correlated. Okay. If it's zero, it has no connection to each other. If it's negative, when one goes up, the other one goes down. Well, gold and oil, when he did his math, that means the correlation coefficient he figured out is only 0.35%. Between uh, 0.35 gold and oil? Actually, yeah, between with gold and oil and inflation. So oh, both okay. gold, gold connected to inflation and oil connected to inflation, that correlation was 0.35%. The way a lot of people approach it, they feel like, man, I need gold and oil in my investments because in, with inflation goes up, gold and oil is going to go up almost perfectly. Well, he, he said it's not quite so perfect. In fact, that's pretty low. 0.35 is actually pretty low. And he did some more math along it, which is interesting enough. A lot of times when people are saying, I need to take care of inflation, get worried about it, I need to protect another finance term for protect is hedge, just the way the math works out. What that means is that if you buy gold and oil, you can only hedge, you can only protect against 12% of the way inflation's going up or down. Mm. Uh, it's just, he does, he knows he's smarter than me. I'll let him trust the math and do the math on it. But yeah, that means if you think you're going to get this perfect correlation, this perfect hedge for inflation going up potentially by buying gold or oil, you can only hedge away 12% of what might be happening there. That's, uh, that's pretty low. I mean, it's almost low enough for me to say, why bother? Right, twelve yeah. percent is not that big of a, a deal to say. Well, inflation went up by one percent, and I, I, I kicked away like, twelve percent of that problem. That's that's pretty low, overall. So I'm appreciating that he's done the uh, the math on it. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of eye opening for a lot of people that uh, are saying right now that we should be 
buying gold, buying oil, buying silver, that these are ways to, to hedge against, to protect against uh, inflation potentially going up. Jeremy, I've heard that, I mean, obviously, we've seen a ton of commercials, right, for buy gold, buy gold. Here's, here's a bunch of different mm-hmm. places you can buy gold. And it's being pushed as an investment quite often. Now, I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a commercial for buy oil, buy oil, buy oil. But mm-hmm. what are the problems with purchasing something like oil or gold and, and thinking that it's going to be an investment that will kind of do what you're hoping it does with inflation? Yeah, well, what, one problem is that you start seeing those commercials when the price of gold is high. <laughs> exactly, so, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's only top of mind after it's already gone up uh, in mm-hmm. price. Mm-hmm. But just in our mind, we there's maybe you want to own gold, maybe you don't. That's that's fine. I don't want to argue about that at all. Uh, but let's just think about what happens when you own a company. If you own stocks, there's cash flow, there's profits, there's dividends. There's actual money that's created from the, the stocks that you own. With gold, with silver, with these precious uh, metals, there's virtually no value other than I think I can sell it to the next person for a certain price. Mm-hmm. There's no dividends that are created from gold or silver. Right? There's no cash flow created from gold or, or silver. And there's a lot of big costs for trading. The reason why that they can afford to put these commercials on TV and in the radios is because you pay them commissions to buy the gold or silver. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, percentage-wise, these commissions are bigger than if you were to buy stocks or buy bonds. So there's a lot of times there's big costs for trading the gold and silver, trading the, the precious metals to actually buy or sell it. And there's really just no dividends. There's no cash flow. Uh, in general, kind of finance terms, everything has value because of the cash it generates. In the case of gold and silver, there's just no cash that are generated there. Hmm. And right on, there's usually no one pitching buy oil because uh, it's a lot sh- easier to ship a few gold coins in the mail than to ship a barrel of oil, right? <laughs> yeah, my neighbors would love that if I had a barrel of oil in my driveway. Ah, it's yeah. my investment. It's mm-hmm. my retirement. Exactly. <laughs> but that's uh, that's kind of the problem. A lot of people say, well, I need to buy oil because uh, inflation is going to kick in and they're making less oil now, all kinds of different reasons. Well, can you actually hold on to the oil? Are you just going to keep barrels of oil in your in your yard? What do you what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in reality, if you want to buy oil, it's see me here. I'm doing air quotes, right? If you want to yeah. buy oil, a lot of times you have to go buy an exchange traded fund, which means that you're buying a financial contract, but you're not buying oil. It's not like some company, the ETF, the exchange traded fund, actually holds oil. Mm-hmm. What they're holding is a whole bunch of bonds. It's like 98% bonds. Mm-hmm. And futures, and futures are a fancy investment contract that is just a promise, basically saying someone else is going to pay you money if the price of oil goes up or down. You don't even own oil when you think you're buying oil. If you want to go out and buy oil, you're buying a whole bunch of bonds and a tiny piece Mm -hmm. of these promises called futures. And what's interesting about it, especially uh, we kind of know this in general, where if interest rates go up, the price of bonds go down. And oftentimes interest rates do go up when inflation goes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the professor, Doc, uh, Derek Horsmeyer here, he did the math and the correlation coefficient is negative between bonds and inflation. Hmm. So if you think you're going to go out and buy an ETF, an exchange traded fund to invest in oil, you're not actually investing in oil. You're investing like 98% in bonds. Bonds are negatively correlated to inflation. Uh, so you're, you're kind of maybe even shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, hmm. Right there. So it's just a uh, unfortunate. It, it's it's tough to do. It's tough to actually use oil in the case of even though it's got one of the best correlations to inflation. How do you even do it? There's a big problem with with that one as well too. 
Jeremy, without sounding self-serving, is there any way for the common person, the layman like me, to learn about this stuff without being completely overwhelmed? Because this is incredibly complicated. Just this podcast right here is very complicated, and our advice is always seek out the help of a professional, call mm-hmm. a professional, and, and and do that. But is is there anything else we can do before we even call a professional, just kind of learn some of this stuff? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think you even mentioned it on a, on a podcast or two ago, a place called Investopedia. It's mm, uh, yes, true. Like the yep. Encyclopedia for Investments. So you can look up all kinds of things like what does ETF, Exchange Traded Fund, mean? What is a future? What is this term called correlation? And it's these are big terms, right? It's a big deal. Yeah. It affects your investments whether you know them or not. So that's why part of our... Uh, role we think is to educate people on these different things but you're right on before you maybe even go talk to a professional if you don't want to do that right away go to a place like investopedia put a connection there in the in the notes but that's a great place to learn all these different terms i like that you're uh, you're talking about that well i I just think it's important I, i know that your primary goal like you said is educating the listeners but it's, it's, it's really, really tough. And it's, it's hard for me as a prideful person to go into a meeting absolutely clueless, right? I, I don't mm-hmm. want to have to ask you as you're sitting across the desk or sitting, you know, we're, maybe we're grabbing a cup of coffee or eating lunch and say, okay, can, can you explain what the ETF is again? Can you explain, yeah. you know, what this is? I'd like to know a little bit before I go into the meeting and, and so then I can at least say, okay, I read about an ETF and ETF is this, correct? And then you can confirm or, or help me to, to learn more. So, no, I, I appreciate you reminding me about Investopedia. That is a fantastic site. Yeah. Well, and a good financial advisor should be able to educate you on these different topics without making you feel bad about not knowing it yet. True. Right? Very so, true. Uh, we think if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you'll make better decisions about your money. So that's a big part of what we do is try to educate people on a whole lot of different uh, different topics. Great. Well, let's continue with the education. Yeah. Where do we go from here? You got it. Well, the last one he was talking about in there is uh, real estate. And a lot of people do feel mm. that real estate is a good hedge for inflation. It makes sense. right? if you own an apartment building and you have rents coming in and prices go up, then you can maybe just increase the price of your, your rent. And that makes sense. Kind of goes up along with it. The issue is that a lot of times when you own an apartment building, you also have a mortgage. And most of the time when you have these apartment buildings, it's not the mortgage that you're used to with your own house right? The fixed rate mortgage, you get it for 30 years. A lot of these mortgages are a rate that resets every five years or so. So yes, you might have this commercial real estate, this apartment building that you have rents that you could raise and maybe try to keep track uh, Mm -hmm. with inflation. But at the same time, give it a few years and your mortgage is probably coming due again. And you're probably going to start paying more in the cost of the interest on the mortgage. So when he did the math, real estate correlation was 0.25 compared to inflation. So a little bit less of a connection than gold and oil, but we look at it. I kind of like real estate a little bit better just because you can actually buy it. It's tough to actually buy the oil. Mm -hmm. You can buy the real estate, but it does have a similar problem to gold and silver where a lot of times there's these high transaction costs. It's not like you can buy and sell apartment buildings all day long. Mm -hmm. It takes a few months to maybe do that. Take some commissions uh, to do that. Maybe there's taxes involved. But the fact that there's some cash flow, right, actual money coming in from these uh, apartments and commercial real estate, different things like that, that's a place that I, I do kind of like. It makes sense, unlike mm-hmm. gold and silver, that there's no dividends. There's no cash flow. Follow yeah. the cash. That's, that's usually good advice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we've talked about all the problems and all the ways that people think that they can protect against inflation. 
and it doesn't seem like it fully is going to do that. Not even close to fully, right? 10 to 12% protection mm-hmm. against inflation leaves a whole lot on the table. Like you're 90% unprotected yeah. against inflation when you're trying to use gold and silver and oil and real estate on there. But there's something I think that is the answer. I emailed um, Dr. Horstmeyer here at the professor and I said, hey, what do you think of this? And he wrote back and said, I never even thought of that. I think you're right on. And the answer, you would never guess it. What is an investment you can make uh, to help against inflation? We think the answer is Social Security. Really? Seems odd. Yeah. What do you mean Social Security? I can't go out and buy Social Security. How's that yeah. going to track with an inflation? Well, your pension a lot of times does not go up with inflation, but Social Security does. And it literally goes up by exactly inflation. Mm-hmm. Social Security has a cost of living adjustment. They base that on inflation measure called CPI, the Consumer Price Index. All that is, when you see the, you re- open the newspaper, you uh, check online and it says inflation's up 2%, guess what that is? That's CPI, the Consumer Price Index. When that goes up by a couple percent, Social Security goes up by a couple percent. They literally use inflation as a way to increase your Social Security, increase the amount of money that you're getting uh, every single month. And what we like even better about Social Security is that something we mentioned earlier, the longer you live, the bigger the problem is of inflation. Right? Inflation's a big deal if you have to deal with it for mm-hmm. 30 years. Well, Social Security's gonna be around for your entire lifetime. So the longer you live, the more you get from Social Security. You don't have to worry about the price of gold going up and down. You don't have to worry about the mortgage on your real estate, all kinds of things uh, with that. So it's an interesting thing where you know, the one way that you can actually track exactly with inflation, because it pays out exactly when inflation is going to uh, pay out to you, uh, is Social Security. So we think for a lot of reasons, but if you're trying to fi- find a way to uh, fight inflation, finding ways to increase your Social Security amount is just a great way to go. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So interesting uh, part of it too, even if inflation uh, goes up in your real estate, your oil, your stocks, you make more money there. Your taxes actually go up as well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were mentioning the taxes earlier. Interesting thing with Social Security is at least 15% of it is tax-free. The way that the federal government taxes Social Security, between 0 to 85% of it is taxable, which means at least 15% of it is tax-free. Could be mm-hmm. even more depending on your situation. So when you get more money from Social Security because it goes up with inflation, not all of that's actually going to be fully taxed. And an interesting part of it too, a lot of people say, well, what do you mean I, I need to get more Social Security? How do you go about getting more Social Security? You can't call them up and say, here's a hundred grand. Can I buy some more Social Security? Mm-hmm. But in a way you can. If you delay Social Security and you draw down your stocks, you draw down your bonds, these are areas that Professor Horschmeyer found have a negative correlation with inflation. Mm-hmm. So if you're really worried about inflation, you ought to draw down your bonds and increase your Social Security, which means that you can live off your bonds for one year, two years, three years, four years, whatever it is, you're getting less of your investments that have a bad connection to inflation. And then when you do turn on Social Security, you have more of an income that has a great connection to inflation. So we thought that's an interesting thing is you can't go out and buy Social Security, but in a way you can go ahead and do that by drawing down some of your investments and getting more from Social Security. Now that's a big topic. 
we've got a lot of podcasts that talk about uh, Social Security because we think it's a big deal to make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, but we just want to introduce that idea that if you're somebody approaching retirement and you're worried about inflation, gold, oil, silver, real estate, stocks and bonds, the math shows they're not a great protection against inflation. But the math also shows that Social Security is just about the best one you can get as a protection against inflation. So maybe find some ways to increase what your Social Security amount might be if you're really worried about inflation. Yeah, so here's an off-the-wall question for you, uh, and mm -hmm. we'll just see how you answer this one. Have you ever heard of anybody in the political arena or uh, maybe somebody who's done some studies, has anybody ever suggested being able to add to your Social Security, not through work, but just being able to add funds into it? I've never heard that, but why not, in a way? Right yeah, that, I think that'd be uh, very interesting. Politicians say it's a great idea and it's a, it's a cornerstone of our economy. Why can't we buy more of it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because that's an easy way for the government to get more money. If we're putting money into in the Social way, Security yeah. and we can't get it for another, uh, you know, I'll give my age 46. If I could mm -hmm. put more into Social Security, I think that might be a really good idea just to kind of sock a little bit more every yeah. month in there, knowing that I'll get that on the back end. Now, obviously, there's a risk that if, if I die, mm -hmm. then obviously I don't receive it. But my loved ones would, my widow would, she could take advantage of those benefits. We've talked about that before, but huh, this, this could be a yeah. groundbreaking podcast right here. Send us to somebody who can make a change. <laughs> yeah. We'll let the politicians and economists figure that one out, how you'd go about doing it. But, uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Right? Why can't you buy more social security? The government says it's so great, right? Well, yeah. allow us to get some more. <laughs> All right. Listen I up like Congress. I like Come on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to link to the that uh, article in the notes. To, we're going to link to Professor Horst Meyer and to Investopedia in mm -hmm. those two. But if someone's in, uh, worried about inflation and is trying to figure out all these different things that they, they've got to figure out with retirement, that's somewhat of an issue where people look at one area. What about inflation? Or they look at another area. What about if the market goes down? The issue a lot of times is you're so focused on one specific area one specific risk, you forget about all the other ones, right? There are risks yeah. out there for retirement. Inflation is definitely one of them. The stock market going down is another one. Your healthcare costs going up is another one. Taxes changing mm -hmm. is another one. Your own longevity is another one. And what we feel works out so well when we're approaching retirement is yes, that's a big risk. Yes, whatever it is you're concerned about right now is one of the risks, but it's also only one of the risks. There's many more. So when you're approaching retirement, we very much want to encourage you, don't overly focus on one specific risk because you might make some decisions that hurt you in the other risks. Mm -hmm. so we've got that five-step retirement income process. It's on our website there to help you go through methodically, how do I address all the different risks that are out there as opposed to getting kind of laser focused on just one specific risk and being blinded to maybe some of the other ones that are out there. Yeah, absolutely. Can you give the website one more time? Yeah, so our website is KyleFP, K-E-I-L-F-P, for the KyleFinancialPartners.com. And uh, you'll be able to click on that. It says our process, top right corner of the uh, screen there. But uh, that's a great way to, to go through and understand, yes, there's risk retirements. Yes, I might be concerned about one particular one. But how do I address that one and make sure that I'm well protected with all the other different risks that might be out there? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Jeremy, as always, this is fantastic information. Uh, I, I, I'm glad I brought my knife and fork today because this was a lot of meat and uh, <laughs> a lot to chew on. And, and again, I'm always going to suggest that whoever's listening to this, 
Jeremy already gave you the website, and I know he's very open to a, a phone call or, or going to the site and, and scheduling some time. Just reach out to a professional, ask those questions, write some questions down that you have about what you heard today, and uh, just pick somebody's brain about it because this is what they do for a living, and I know they're well-equipped to do that. So, Jeremy, again, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. You betcha. And the last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.